Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. If you are a relatively new subscriber, I would like to point out a few things to make this channel easy for you. You can use the three dots that you may find at the top of your phone, or sometimes it's in the, in the, in the form of a little cog icon and click that. And then you can adjust your settings for viewing to 720p or 1080p if the picture is not clear, because sometimes YouTube does not give the best viewing experience. They downgrade it to something really fuzzy. And personally, um, I don't like to watch videos like that. So uh, you can do that. Those who ask questions about closed captions, closed captions are not immediately available every time I make a video. So because for instance, this is a new video today, closed captions usually come in depending on the length of the video between 12 hours and 24 hours. So you might have to wait an entire day um, as in tomorrow, captions will be available on this video. The next thing I would like to remind everyone is that this is a prophetic channel and it is handling end times prophecy. That means that I am receiving a particular type of prophetic word from the Lord. It is not your everyday word. It is not your mainstream word. It is particular prophecy that God is giving to reveal, expand, and expose things that relate to the end of times, as you can find in the Bible in, I think it's Mark chapter 13, Luke 21, Matthew chapter 24, and all through the book of Revelation, as well as particular passages in the book of Daniel, first and second Thessalonians. So I have been dealing with the activity recently of demonic spirits, uh, I think the recent prophecy was a people of madness part two. And then afterwards, the Lord gave me an inspired teaching called who owns the house dealing with Christians, taking a good look at how lifestyle matches up with sanctification matches up with salvation. There is too much thought in the Christian community today that when we give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we receive the Lordship of Christ Jesus, then everything else just falls into place, right? So we become Christians and then nothing else is required from us. Jesus has done it all. And this particular prophecy actually totally goes against that popular grain because there's nothing actually in scripture that tells us that just because we have come into the knowledge and acceptance of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, that automatically the kingdom of Satan falls away. That is not true. And this is false teaching. Basically, in some cases, I would even call it irresponsible teaching because the pastors and the leaders of today have opted to go in another way. I basically call it following another Jesus. So this is not a sweeping indictment of every pastor and every church, but far too often, especially in the Western space of Christianity, pastors have given congregants and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ this idea that once you come to Christ, it's all going to be the gravy train from here on out. There's no responsibility. And even if Christians find themselves dealing with very difficult realities, very scary realities, because these pastors are not equipping the members of the body with the understanding of the fact that Satan indeed has a kingdom. Satan indeed has a hierarchy. Satan indeed also has weapons 
and strong fighters and very strong resistance and stubbornness. The kingdom of darkness is landing very strong blows against the kingdom of light. And this is mostly because the kingdom of light is poorly taught, ill-prepared, and living under a lot of delusion and fantasies that leaves many Christians unable to deal with how many gates and doors they have opened in their lives. And so I will be continuing this, this prophecy definitely falls in the supernatural series. This prophecy I've had it for over two years. I received it on December 25th, 2019. And, um, this is the time to bring it forth because it definitely lines up with stuff that I've been handling. So if you are new, if you are a new visitor, um, you can watch this video, but I would really recommend that you start with the videos on Russia and China because Russia and China prophecies are the very first prophecies that God led me to put up when this blog was started. So I really recommend that you look for the Russia and China playlist and start there. And so uh, with without further ado, we go into this prophecy for today. Lord, give me the ability to fully render this as it was given to me for this is a graphic prophecy. Please be warned. This is a graphic prophecy and this is a strong word from the Lord. Strange flesh, December 25th, 2019. The banner scripture is this, Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities around them did the same thing, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. And this verse comes from the very short book, Jude chapter one and verse seven. And so the Lord brought this and I saw some really graphic images when I received this prophecy. And what this prophecy basically turns around is sexual immorality. The fact that sexual immorality already carries with it a very human cost. So I've already discussed this at length in the sin series, the America in sin series. And so I will not be diving too deep in it, but sexual immorality harms the physical body. I know that this goes um, against the popular belief that sex, if you feel like it, or if you want to have it, or if two people are in love, which is the big fat lie and excuse floating around in the world today, that all you need is to claim love and then you're free to have sex with whoever you want. But God does not see it that way. And the reason that God does not see it that way is because God says that this human body is a vessel in which his presence is supposed to dwell. So for people who do not even know God, they don't even find that this makes sense because they're not, they feel like I'm not asking anyone to come and dwell in me. I'm dwelling in me. But the Bible teaches us that apart from Christ, we are already dead. We are dead in the sins that are imputed to us since that we have been committing since when we were very small children up until now. And so if anyone is holding this idea or this paradigm that I don't need anything else in my body. I don't want anyone else in my body besides me. People are going to get the shock of their lives when they are going to be jailbroken in the future. A jailbreak is for instance, when you buy a device like this one, you buy a device and it has software on it, but you can take it to a skilled programmer or take it to a skilled hacker, or just take it to someone who's good with computers. And that person is able to work and jam the software that came from the manufacturer in such a way that they can add a ton more stuff or take away a ton more stuff than the manufacturer intended. So to people who feel that they own this body because they're, they happen to be the one, basically the soul and the spirit and the personality 
walking around in this body and they don't care to know about the lordship of Jesus Christ or the lordship of anybody else. They own their body. There's going to be a time of terrible shock as we go forward. And I'm not even going to say in the final, final days because it's already happening now. It's been happening for decades as far as I know. And people contact me suffering from this and it will continue to get worse. What is the this I'm talking about? I'm talking about jailbreaking. I'm talking about the fact that Satan is going to take a big fat armored truck and drive it into the human body jailbreak it with repeated strong blows until he is able to penetrate and bring new software, which is basically the presence of indwelling demons into people's lives. But that is not all. I've covered many of the other things that will happen if people keep giving themselves over to sexual immorality, if they keep sleeping with other people out of marriage, keep conducting adultery, meaning that you're sleeping with someone who is not your spouse, or you and your spouse together agree to bring a third or a fourth or a fifth person in the bed, you begin to have orgies, you begin to be a swinger type of person meaning that your wife can have an open relationship. And when you're ready, you will have an open relationship. And as we all know, such things are even being glamorized in the public space. And the Lord did speak about that. He said that sin has been given a makeover in the world. That sin that he said was sin from the garden has given received a totally new facelift. And now sin is not seen as sin. It's the new trendy lifestyle. This is how alternative lifestyles, the letter lifestyles have crept in. And now we even starting to see people like Ted talk, give sympathetic platforms to people defending pedophilia and saying, Oh, it's not a mental illness. It, it was unfairly classified as a mental illness, but it's actually just a sexual preference. I am here from the Lord God to read out the Lord's words of warning to this world that if human beings, continue to conduct themselves in this fashion, there will not only be consequences from the Lord God, but the Lord God is going to stand aside and he is going to let Satan have his way and have his day with a human body and human beings are going to regret it so bitterly that they will wish that they did not have a body at all. And so the first thing that I heard on this day, December the 25th, 2019, when I woke up, as soon as I woke up, the Lord said to me, excuse me, please, humanity will abuse their sexuality until it becomes their downfall. And right in front of me, the Lord put a naked man masturbating. So this is an image that God uses many times when he is speaking about sexual immorality. It's not the easiest thing to see, but he puts it there. Sometimes he covers the act, but sometimes it was just there. And so this was one of the times it was just there. I saw this man masturbating himself and for a few seconds, and then the Lord took it away. And the next thing was, I saw a woman masturbating herself with some kind of device, some kind of toy. And that was also briefly put in front of me. And then it was taken away. And then the next image I saw was two men engaged in the act of sex. It was a, a, a frozen flashed picture, but God did not cover anything. And I saw what these people were doing. And then he said, the days are coming when humanity will abuse their own flesh until it creates an unmistakable scent in the earth. And that scent is what is going to attract the fallen angels, the fallen ones to come and interact with humanity. Just as it was before, so shall it be again. Fallen angels will come down to interact with human women and men. 
those men who have males as their partners in real life now will also interact sexually with these angels along with women. Strange flesh will mix with humanity as it was before. The stench of unholy perversion will rise from the earth as it was in the beginning, and then the end will come. So if anyone heard the opening verse, it said Sodom, Gomorrah, and the cities around them did this same thing, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Jude chapter 1 and verse 7. So I'm just going to bluntly put it here that the Lord has very fixed and unwavering views on human sexuality. One of those is that Adam was made for Eve and Eve was made for Adam. God made it very clear by the original pairings in the Garden of Eden that when it comes to procreation and also sexuality for love, closeness, and companionship, it is to be between man and woman in the covenant of marriage only. This does not include fornicators who want to say that I love my girlfriend and she loves me. And so we consider ourselves married. The one thing you can count on God for is this. God does not ask for human opinion when he is setting up his paradigms, his rules, and his laws as to how we are to live. The reason for that is basically very simple, but for those who don't seem to get it, I will go over it. And it's basically this. The created being does not get to set the rules. The creator sets the rules. So basically, if you buy Legos and you build your little Lego city and you said, this is Lego woman, this is Lego man, and this is Lego dog, Lego dog is not able to say, I do not want to be Lego dog in this universe that you have made. I feel like I am Lego flower. And so I'm just going to pick myself apart and pick all my dog bits off me. And I'm going to build myself back as a flower. And then you have to use my flower pronouns and call me what I say that I am. God created this world and every single thing that lives and moves and breathes in it has its being, its origin and its genesis in him. Sexuality is for male and female alone. It is not for teens. It is not for randy little preschoolers who think that because they have heard or seen something at school that they can get to they can get to repeat what they've seen. It is not for high schoolers. It is not for mature young adults who feel that they're a grown woman or they're a grown man because they're 30 or 25 or 41 or anything. You have to be in the covenant of marriage to get access to sexuality. You have to be male and female in the covenant of marriage to practice sexuality as God sees it. If you are a single man who is touching on himself, a single woman touching on himself, on herself, two men touching on one another, five men, three women, two women, a married person touching on someone else who is not your spouse, a grown adult touching on an 18 year old, a 16 year old, a 15 year old, a baby. You are flouting, breaking and smashing the laws of God bar none. There is no excuse. It does not matter if you and she love each other. If you love each other, you must go and fully consecrate your covenant and have it recognized. And then you can go home and love each other. Everything else falls under fornication, idolatry, um, immorality, and sexual immorality. So just understand this. When you are having sex with yourself, this is a form of idolatry. 
This is a form of idolatry. You are basically saying that this temple that God says he dwells in is yours to manipulate and use the way you want. All these things stir up the anger of God. All these things bring down the ire of God, which means the great displeasure of God that will be followed by judgment. But the Lord is saying that this is not all that will happen. Because humanity continues to manipulate their flesh, manipulate the flesh of others, the Lord says that it is creating a stench in the earth. And this is a very different word from smell or aroma. The word stench means that something displeasing, something that stinks is rising up. And I have spoken many times in the prophecies about why God will judge America, about this stink that God says is going up into the heavens because of human beings masturbating, fornicating, sleeping with person after person after person to fulfill perhaps some urge of loneliness or to prove that they're the bad girl or the bad boy who can get anyone they want, or even if they think that they are practicing love. This thing, <laughs> there is a very big distinction between what people think they are doing and what God says is acceptable. And God says that this stench will eventually become unmistakable in earth. And this is what the fallen angels are going to follow. So when you throw raw meat out there, the raccoons will come out and the dogs and the wolves will come out. And that's exactly what God is saying will happen. Fallen angels are going to follow the stench and the scent of human sexuality being abused in the earth. When I say abused, I mean that once it is being exercised out, outside of God's paradigm, the devil and those who serve the devil are going to gain quite a few poker chips at this table of life that all of us are playing at. And many people will get the shock of their lives to find that once you have played a couple of hands and open doors in your life for the devil, these demons, these fallen angels, these rapist spirits are going to come and they are also going to play their hand. Please excuse me. The difficulty with this is spirits are stronger than we are. The only reason that we as people actually are able to move in powerful spirituality is when we are submitted to the spirit of God, to the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this sin of fallen ones, fallen angels, this also includes these people that I have been teaching about for quite a while, synthetic people, hybrid people, and demons in human flesh. So demons clothe themselves inside the human body and they walk around and they can also mate with men and women. The Lord said that all of this refers directly to the Genesis 6 narrative, the sin of the fallen angels who took human wives and they broke the cardinal rule of God. A cardinal rule means a basic fundamental rule or regulation that is core to something. So God's core rule when it comes to how he made this world is only like should mate with like, only kind should mate with kind. So when you find demonic beings having the ability to sexually touch, sexually molest, or even pleasure human beings, because some people actually welcome this interaction. They find and they claim and they say, and you can find little bits and pieces of this on the internet scattered around that dream sex that they have is better than any sex that they have on earth. And they are not interested in 
in being with a human being because their dream boyfriend or their dream girlfriend is better at these interactions than any human being. And so there are people who basically open themselves up to this and what they do not know is that they are going to end up being the molested and very used house that I spoke about in the last video that is entitled who owns the house. If you have not watched that video, please make sure that you make time to watch it. And so we cannot hide the kind of sins that we get involved in from God. God's, God's eyes see everything. Anyone who thinks that because you are creeping around on your partner, you're creeping around on your husband, you're creeping around on your wife, you're cheating on the so-called boyfriend that you have, so-called girlfriend that you have, your live-in partner, all these things are sins to your account. You're in sin if you're living with someone that you are not married to. There are no exceptions to this. There are no caveats to this. Please do not ask me, but what if we've been together for 15 years? If you've been together for 15 years, you share four children and you cannot practice basic morality and respect for the Lord and take yourselves to the registrar's office and get married. You are fornicators and your children are the seed of fornication. That is what the Bible says. This is not what celestial is making up at home and cooking in her little pot. This is the truth of the word for the Lord says, I am the Lord. I change not. And this is Malachi chapter three. This means that if something is sin since the days of Moses and since the days of Noah and since the days of Enoch and Adam and Eve, it remains sin today. We cannot take sin to the makeup chair and fix its face and give it a new haircut or shave its beard down and take away the gray and then say, look at the makeover we have given sin. The times are different now. We have to include diversity now. We have to have brand new conversations about sexuality and about blended families and about what the family looks like. The end of all things falls into the hands of the Lord. What was sin then is sin now. If you are living in fornication with someone, it is time for you to hear the word of the Lord and deliver yourself out of that trap. For it is indeed a trap and you will find yourself without exception, part of this group that will be judged when these sexual sins come before the Lord. And so some of the things the Lord showed me that, that morning, that very um, graphic morning was this. I saw something like a white cloud come down from the roof of a woman's house and it laid on top of her. So this cloud was dense enough that I could not see it when it lay. I could not see the woman's body when it laid on her. It was dense enough. It had enough of a form so that I could not see her physical body. It laid on this woman between her legs and it had sex with her. This is exactly what the Lord showed me. So I'm not going to change it in any way. I did say that this is a graphic, um, prophecy. And this is what I saw as the cloud that looked like fog lay on the woman. Her body became sexual, sexually excited as if she was with a man. And this cloud lay with her and began to do everything with this woman that a man would do, except that it was not a man. I'm not saying it was a man shaped cloud. It was literally fog that descended on her until she came to the point of satisfaction. And then it lifted off her and it went back up to wherever. I didn't see what it went. 
Um, so it was a mist that slept with this woman. And the next thing I saw was a man who was in a, a live vision. So this man was not sleeping. This man was sitting up in his bed and he did not know that he was being demonically manipulated in a live vision that was so real that he saw about five or six female forms in the bed with him, extremely beautiful women. But these were succubi. Succubi are these female demons. It's a class of extremely vicious and um jealous female demon that is linked to the mermaid spirit that basically attaches itself to men and then says that it is the wife of the man so men who masturbate men who look at porn um even women who look at porn female succubi can attach to women you do not have to be lesbian to have female succubi attaching to you you do not have to be gay to have male succubi attaching to you um to have male incubus attaching to you and the end result of this is that after you indulge in um, fictional sexual interplay, meaning that either you will experience this in dreams or in vision, after you indulge in this with them a while. So you have one or two sexual dreams and you enjoy them. You don't wake up and rebuke the living daylights out of it. You don't wake up and take a two or three day fast saying, God cleanse my vessel. I don't know where that is coming from. This is if you are living a holy life and these things are attach um, attacking you or attaching to you as they sometimes can. But you dream them and you think, oh, that was so awesome. And you, I even felt the feelings. You are basically saying, this is okay. Interact with me, random demon. Interact with me, random spirit. And after a while, they will interact with you in more violent ways. They will now interact with you in more aggressive ways. They will now interact with you where the dream is not so fun anymore. It's not going to be so fun anymore because it's now going to be, if you're a man, they're going to be attempting to use you in your backside in the dream. And that is no fun for a straight man. And then all of a sudden there's you wrestling on the bed in your dream. But because these are spirits, when it comes to the spiritual realm and you are a person who has already opened the door to this Christian or not, it goes without saying that you are weaker than them and you can be abused sexually in your dream until it becomes a place of torment. So something that was fun in the beginning will then eventually end up with you on the internet, Googling frantically to find out how do I get rid of this Lord? How do I stop it? And there are many people who have already fallen prey to this and are now at the torment stage where they see shapes in the room, whether they are conscious, whether they are not conscious. As the Lord said in the prophecy of people of madness, people become terrified now to go to sleep. They become terrified to go to sleep because the succubi is waiting for them to tear them with her teeth. The incubus is waiting for them to sodomize them or to rape them in the dream. If you are a female, all of a sudden now extremely unpleasant physical encounters that you can feel, you feel the pain, you feel the things that these creatures will do to you because you have become now their prisoner, their plaything, because you open the door through masturbation, through porn, through sexual immorality. These things attach to human beings who open the door. This body is, is not just a physical form that you can look at and say, oh, my hands, my eyes, my ears. No, the Bible teaches us that we are a temple. A temple is just a building and every building has doors, windows, and openings in it for exit and for entry. So the eyes, the ears, 
These are gates. The mouth is a gate. The heart is a gate. The hands are a gate. The sexual organs are gates. When you give access of your gates to creatures, to spirits, to Satan, Satan will then come in and out of the gates whenever he pleases. Because you as the soldier, the foot soldier that the Lord Jesus Christ has put to keep the building secure, to keep the building pure, you have decided to traffic with spirits and to traffic with experiences and to say, oh, my spirit lover and things like that. And the worst part about this situation is that this situation absolutely exists. I know that there will be confessions in the comment section after this video of people saying, this is true. I'm stuck in this. This is happening to me. And the worst part about it is that pastors in North America are basically zero to zero on this truth. They are not teaching it. They're telling people that, oh no, when you've come to the cross, it's, it's all washed away. Satan's kingdom gets, does not get washed away because you come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. If anything, you coming to the knowledge of Christ Jesus marks the beginning of your struggle and battle in the kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. That is the truth of the gospel. The Bible preaches two kingdoms at war eternally for what? Us, the prize us the flesh, us the spirit, us the soul, us the body. Two kingdoms warring constantly against one another. And God's desire is that the kingdom of light, the spirit of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of our risen Messiah, Christ Jesus, rule over, suppress, and cast out the evil kingdom. But pastors in the Western world are teaching that it's all good and flowy and perfect. And yet you just cross the border to another part of the world. You just go to Africa, for instance, and they're nodding their heads in agreement with this video. They know exactly what I'm talking about. These are basic 101 principles that are taught to these people almost as soon as they enter the church. The pastors begin to confront generational sins. The, pastor begin, the pastors begin to um, confront bloodline iniquities. A great, 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 great grandfather who had 18 wives and then a great, a great grandfather who had 17 and then a grandfather who had six and then a father who, okay, he happened to marry normally, but then he still kept 17 women on the side, bringing forth 33 children into this world. These things happen and do happen, but we have a Christianity today that is woefully inadequate to meet this challenge, to even know what is going on. People being tormented by this stuff and the pastors telling them, oh, you know, the dreams don't mean anything. I just think you need to pray a little bit harder, but the dreams do mean something. The dreams mean that this kingdom has established itself in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is a realm that is more real than this realm of going to the grocery store and picking up your kids from school and going to work and paying your taxes. The spiritual realm is a realm in which hierarchies are determined. And if you are a clueless Christian, a Christian who doesn't know what's going on, a Christian who may have a few ideas, but doesn't know where to find the tools where to find your armor, Ephesians chapter six, verses 11 to 18. If you are a Christian that is walking naked in the spiritual realm, you are going to get a lot of unwanted attention from these creatures. And then even worse, if you are a person who is not a Christian or you are a Christian who is grappling with sexual sin, 
it opens the door to these things. Even righteous people waiting on the Lord have testified that the devil will try and test them in this, in this way. It doesn't mean that person is sinning. It means that Satan is basically like a guy walking through a mall, trying the door on all the stores to see if they're really locked. He just tries and says, is this person really locked up tight? Is, has this person really sealed all their, all their windows and doors? Or can I find a slippage? Can I find a way to get in? What's that program she's watching? Uh, she's watching Sirens on TV? Great. I'll, I'll get in there. I'll get in there. She's watching Mermaids on TV. I'm going to attach the mermaid spirits to her there. So these things happen. And I saw this man. He was sitting up in bed. He was having a live action vision and he thought he was in bed with about five or six beautiful, stunning models, but he was actually in bed with sharp teeth, teeth, um, murderous demons. The Bible actually calls such things devils. And he was interacting with them like a kid in a candy store surrounded by women, but these were actually demons, but his eyes were not spiritually open and they were exciting him sexually in his body because they wanted him to bring forth male seed which they then take and collect for their own nefarious purposes have already spoken at length about hybrid breeding. So I will not go into that. If you are a Christian and you do not know these things, or you're tempted to poo poo them or dismiss them by all means, God bless you later on you and the reality of these things in the world. Even if it does not happen to you, if you now begin to hear of younger people, especially talking about this single people who have opened their lives to lax, sexual practices, talking about this, you will be forced to confront this stuff sooner or later because God says it is going to be the wave nouveau that we will see in the earth. The next vision I saw was a, a male form, very tall, with armor-plated scaling on the body from top to toe. And I did find a pretty good picture of what I saw and I put it as the picture on this prophecy. So if you go back to the blog and read the prophecy, you will see and the word incubus came to me. And incubus is basically the male version of these female um, demons that see a person as its spouse. So you have an incubus in your life, it will sleep with you in the dream and those dreams will eventually become more and more real until even you as a woman will begin to see the evidences of sexual interplay on your physical body. This one was shaped like a very tall and dangerous looking reptile. and. As I watched, this form took, it solidified in the woman's room. So one minute it wasn't there and then out of the air, this shape formed and it lay down with the woman and it slept with her and she never woke up because they have the ability to keep you um, I think the doctors use this word when you're having surgery and they give you anesthesia. They just said, oh no, she's gone under or he's gone under when they put that thing on you and you breathe and you fall into that sleepy comatose realm for your surgery. These creatures have the ability to keep people under. And in fact, these are the creatures, demons of all form, not only the sexual ones that make a person feel as if they're paralyzed in bed. The mind is working, but you can't move and people are usually struggling. And even those who are not born again have testified that at that moment, they just understand that they should call the name Jesus. And when they say, Jesus, Jesus, save me in their mind, this force is repelled and suddenly they can breathe and they can move. These things are real. If you're going to WebMD and WebMD is telling you that oh, it's just sleep paralysis, I have warned on this channel many times that the medical society can tell you what a thing is. So if you show up with a red thumb, they in their wisdom and intelligence will tell you 
you're suffering from red thumb. If you ask them, however, why, they have no idea why. So they're very good at telling you what you're suffering from, which you already know, but they cannot tell you the root of many of the things, especially mental disorders, mental dysfunctions, and things like that. I have already shared that God says that people who are sinning will end up going crazy. People involved in, for instance, what the Bible calls sorcery, the taking of drugs, uh, prescription drugs that are extremely of a narcotic nature. Um, the Bible calls that pharmacia, um, opioids. Um, I don't even know the different types. I, I guess barbiturates, too many valiums, uh, weed and things like that, um, ecstasy and things like that. These things are, they're basically gateway drugs. They open the door. They don't just open the door to what we see in this physical realm, which is, oh, you know, unfortunately he or she is now addicted. No, they open the door in the spirit. Remember the temple has doors and windows. When you open those doors, you open those windows. Guess what? You make room for the Holy spirit to either be edged out as demon spirits come in and then you become a person possessed or you can be oppressed, meaning that the glass and the wood of the doors will stay in place, but huge demons will begin to run at them with the shoulder, run at them with the shoulder to try and break them. And God said that many people will be toppled into madness simply because they insist and persist with sin. And so this incubus came and slept with this woman and it was able to keep her under and they had real physical intercourse and when this thing was finished, just as it had appeared in the room with its eyes, nose, everything it had, an entire phase, it disappeared from the room and the woman continued sleeping. I then saw this very same reptile shape having sex with a man, but this man was not sleeping as the woman was. This thing manifested physically in this man house and he consensually, he agreed and willingly slept with it. And so I said that those who may need further information, you can always go to the master's voice. There are many prophecies covering these uncomfortable and unpleasant things. And there are also enough information on the internet. Please understand that this is not a place where I can or will go into anything in depth. This is a prophetic channel. The work that I am doing here is to make sure that God's words and God's revelations, as shocking as they may sound from time to time, are read out exactly as they are given to me so that people can know. Humanity must have an understanding from God what we will be up against in these end times. And the root of it, I will never stray far from it. The root of all this is punishment for sin. Nothing is because God is unbalanced, unfair, or a vengeful, judging, angry, and bitter person. All these things coming upon this world is because humanity continues to sin, continues to sin as a collective, continues to sin individually, continue to deny that sin is sin. So continue to put makeup on the pig of sin and say, this is not sin. This is my lifestyle. And these are my pronouns. And if you, you are not minded to go along with my new reality, then you are a bigot and you are this and that understand that the end of all things, if life is a circle, the end of that circle is coming right back into the hand of God. All that God said from the beginning is what he will say at the end. All life, all doings will be judged by what is written in the book of the, of the Lord's word. 
And so here are some scriptures to keep in mind as you listen to this, as you listen to this video, Mark 14 and 38, watch you and pray. Therefore, lest you enter into temptation, the spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. This describes many Christians today. Many Christians are struggling or battling against some form of sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is by far the weakest link in the chain of spirituality, in the chain of holiness. And to tell you the truth, many people have gotten so tired of fighting their flesh that they have decided to go over into some of the other camps that have sprung up for people who are tired fighting sin. Some of these camps are called, you don't know my story. So you don't know what I've gone through in life. Understand that whenever people say this, I personally have nothing to say because I do not need to know anyone's story because it is common sense that everyone has a story. Some stories are extremely hurtful, extremely bitter, much more bitter than others, but all living souls on this earth have a story. However, the bottom line is this, is Jesus going to look at your story when you stand before him at the end of time? Will Jesus be examining the story of how you ended up as a pedophile and ruined the lives of babies? Is your story really going to weigh in the balance when you stand before the Lord to try and explain why you lost your life in bed with a woman that you were not married to? Is your story going to be the standard by which you are judged in the eternal kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or will the Lord simply pick up the word of God, which is what judges us all and say, let us go to the book and see how you did. The flesh is weak, which means that if the flesh is weak, a Christian must return to the place of repentance, fall before the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to confess the things that one has done, that one is doing, that one knows that one habitually does, which causes this weakness of the flesh. It is true that many people want to separate from the life of sin, but the devil makes it hard because sin is a hook in the jaw. And as any fish will tell you, if fish could talk, when the hook is in the jaw, it is next to impossible for the fish to loose itself. The only person who loses from the tentacles and the hooks of sin is the person of the Holy Spirit. And this is why we have the spirit of adoption within us, by which we cry out, Abba, Father, we must fall at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and cry out in repentance for the things that we have done and are doing. And we must also seek help with those who are able to do so. This is not exactly the place that one can do that. This is why God has told us to not forsake the gathering together of ourselves. Yes, I understand that many of the churches have failed in their responsibility to become the kind of place that takes place in educating the Christian about spiritual warfare and deliverance, but still, because God is faithful, there are always resources right where you are. I say this to people all the time. The internet is not the place that you are going to be saved from the things that are happening to you. It is like casting a hook into the great unknown and expecting to really latch onto the help that you need. God is faithful. Just as the Bible says, the word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart so that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. God has placed the help that we need around us, but it starts with confession first in your room of what is going on and then 
to someone else who is more mature, walking in righteousness, that you can see the fruit of the spirit in this person's life and saying, I'm going to be vulnerable here. Can you please help me? I'm dealing with this. Do you know a pastor or anyone else who deals with deliverance, who deals with breaking strongholds, who deals with addiction and things like that? No one who is bound can help himself. There must be a cry for help, but in the right places. And the internet is just not the place for that. This is just to help anyone. Romans chapter eight and verse 13. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. Please notice it doesn't say if you live after the the flesh, but tell people, don't judge me. That's another one of the camps that people seek um, comfort in the don't judge me camp. And we don't know what he's going through. Don't judge me. Please understand that the Bible says we judge with all right, righteous judgment. This is not the judgment that passes sentence. So this is not judgment in, in the sense of one is a judge. And now I'm passing sentence on you. No, the Bible says by your fruit, you will be known. And so when people say you have a fornicator's fruit, You cannot get angry if you actually know that you are fornicating. This is the problem with us today in Christianity. When the sin is assessed and the sin is named, we get angry and offended instead of saying it is true. I am doing this and now I need help. How do I come away from this? How do I get my hands off this electric fence that is shocking the life out of me? and break my hands out of it. Instead, we get offended because now it is the biggest crime in Christianity to say, I see your fruit. It is a deadly fruit, a destructive fruit. It will cost you if you were to lose your life in this position. And at this moment, the don't judge me camp, you don't know my struggle camp and I don't care camp are three of the most dangerous camps that have grown up like poison mushrooms, like poison trees in the church of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, if you live after the flesh, if you cater to the flesh, if you follow after the desires that you want to, um, exercise because you feel you're grown and you want to have sex and you're a whole grown woman and a whole grown man. And who's going to tell you anything. The Bible says very clearly and without exception, you shall die. But if you through the spirit put to death, the deeds of the body, you shall live. So if you cater to your flesh, the end of it is death, no exceptions. But if you cater to the spirit and use the strength of the Holy Spirit, use the strength of your spiritual armor, use the strength of this word as a double-edged sword to say, I'm not going down like this. I'm not going down without a fight. Then the Bible says you can put to death the actions that this body does, and then you will live. Galatians 5 and 16, this I say then, Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is not easy to walk in the spirit. Many people will look at someone who has a strong faith, a strong expression of faith. They can feel the presence of the living God in a person coming out of a person and will think that that person basically found their faith at Walmart. This does not happen. True faith, genuine faith is built up by trial and error. It is built up by many battles and many tears. But I have said on this channel that most of us don't want to suffer anything. We do not want to feel any pain. We, we have sometimes even gone through the process of becoming addicted to certain things. But now because of the pain that is involved in getting clean, the pain that goes with withdrawal, we don't want to feel that pain. 
So because sliding into sin is this very oily and almost effortless process, but climbing out of it can sometimes be with nails. People fear the pain of getting free. And yet I've shared before that in the animal kingdom, if you catch a deer in a trap, that deer does not care for the limb that is in the trap. The deer struggles and pulls and will pull and pull even to the loss of that limb because the deer understands that it is better to lose the limb than to lose the deer. And Jesus said the same thing in the book of Matthew. If your eye causes you to sin, he said, pluck out the eye. Better to lose the eye than to have your entire body put into hell. If pornography is your particular monkey on the back, Jesus is not saying take a kitchen knife and gouge it out because this is the internet and I have to be careful before I get slapped with a lawsuit for eyeless people who said Celestial told us to do it because she said that's what Jesus said, lose the eye. He was not speaking in parables. He was basically saying it is better to do whatever you need to do to crucify the roving eye as a husband, to crucify the roving mind as a wife, the fantasy mind, the 50 shades of gray mind, women of the world. That fantasy you indulge in the mind is going to be played on the big screen at judgment day. Your children will see what you were thinking about when you were making their porridge. Your husband will learn as the Lord plays Christian Grey, book one, book five, and book 17. Your husband will learn on that day that he was not sufficient for you, that you needed the TV guy. To lust after this people is sin. That's why the Bible says each man should have his own wife, each woman her own husband. Notice it has no other category. It does not say each teen should have his own teen. It doesn't say each old man should have his own little 15-year-old. It doesn't say any single person can have their own single person. Each man should have his own wife, each woman, her own husband. And then in another place, it says, do not come apart, meaning don't spend too much time away from your marriage bed, except you are giving yourselves to prayer and fasting. Why? The gap that you create in that leaves room for fantasies and Christian Grey and everybody else to get in the middle and exploit it until the marriage bed goes, grows cold. And then people are outside on Madison Ashley websites and things like that. Nothing happens by nothing. Everything is cause and effect. And God is giving us these prophecies to let us know that the infiltrator, the infiltration of Satan into our world is the final effect of all the sin, which is the cause, the sexual immorality, the pornography, the masturbation, all the things that have come before will culminate in this death that these creatures are going to bring. And so the last verse is Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh will lust against spirit and the spirit will lust against the flesh. The flesh. For these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. The Lord is telling us here that this human flesh, this is not a curse that God has given us. So God did not saddle Adam and Eve with a physical form that is a curse. This body is a gift to us. But because we do not sit under enough strong teaching that tells us, first of all, that this is a gift, that we don't own it, that it is on loan, and we are stewarding spirits within us within it. It's a problem. And then we, we are not told what happens to unfaithful stewards. So in the Bible, we often see Jesus 
judging unfaithful stewards and then saying that their punishment is to be cast into the outer darkness. But when you enter the door of most churches, they will not tell you that outer darkness is waiting for you if you are unfaithful in stewarding this frame, this temple. Another thing is that because the flesh has its desires, if the spirit within a body is not strong enough, meaning you're not spending time in the word of God, you're not spending time in prayer. I'm not saying that this has to be your 24 hours dispensation. God has given us life to enjoy. God has given us life to do things, to bake pies, to go for walks, to spend time with family, to pursue hobbies, to build our dreams. God wants to live through all of this with us. But if the spirit is weak, meaning the human spirit inside us has a tendency to want to look at what it should and a tendency to want to do what it should not. Jesus is telling us in this verse that of course the flesh is going to fight against spiritual things. The flesh does not want to fast. The flesh does not want to pray. The flesh does not want to get on the Bible study. The flesh does not want to read the Bible and spend time with God. The flesh just wants to sit down in front of Netflix and order a triple crust with cheese in the crust and, and just veg out and do whatever and let its mind wander and think about, oh, that tall man at the office. I wonder what he's like and I wonder what he would be like. And this is how we open the door. This is how we open the door to things that the Lord is then showing me. Demonic beings are coming and are here on this earth in many forms. Due to continued abuse of our own bodies and rampant sexual sin, our own wickedness and rebellion in this area is going to act as bait for fallen angels and other creatures to sexually abuse, entrap, entice, and enslave humanity. Remember that God washed this world clean because of the flood, because this happened once before. He has not changed and his word remains firm. Demons should not mate with humans, nor humans with demons. So this is the word of the Lord. Thank you for being here with me, Celestial, on the Master's voice. It has been a while coming, this prophecy, and I thank God that it has finally come out. The prophecy is strange flesh. Here is the creature holding that woman. Many people will experience this in the dream form, but the Lord says that it doesn't stop this there. This will be a physical norm at some point um, in the world by force and also consensually with some people, as you can see, she's embracing him back. She's not fighting him off at all. And so thank you for being with me. Thank you to those who support this channel. Um, God bless you. May God return your gift and your seed to you in multiples. And please always make a habit of going back to the blog to read things as they are written there. It is very good for the building up of your faith and for the widening of your understanding of these prophetic truths from the Lord. We must become people who are able to fix our own meal. Even if you are a new Christian, you must learn. You must learn to feed yourself because the future times are not going to feature Kumbaya Church. We are not going to be able to get in a prayer circle and put our hands on you and just say, Lord, heal and Lord, fix. It is going to be very small, tight groups. Sometimes this group will be completely clueless. Not a single person in the group is going to know how to call upon the name of Jesus. And I have shared many dreams showing what life is going to be like in the future. So if you are someone that has been here for even a few minutes and you can see that the passion and the strength with which these words come out of me, 
It is not stuff that I am able to sit and spin out of cotton candy thoughts. These are very real things that God is warning about that are here and will increase. And I think the tragedy is that some people hear these things and just find it flippant or think you're off your head as I continually am told, but this I know, the reality of prophecy will rise. It will swell like dough until it cannot be denied by anyone who is able to perceive and see. We will all see these things. And it is unfortunate that it is only in that time when the crying starts that people will come to understanding and belief. But until that time, you who are wise, take the Lord's words to heart, go back to the blog, read, do the requisite digging, read in the Bible. You must be able to seek out the Lord's food and feed yourself. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.